Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Infectious diseases from various sources have cursed humanity for thousands of years. Only in the past century, however, Has medical prevention and treatment been available and successful? For nearly the past three years, the world has been dealing with a pandemic of biblical proportions. Many millions have been infected by a novel virus manufactured and enhanced by man that causes significant risk of morbidity and death. Any discussion about the miraculous advances in science and medicine over the past few centuries must include an understanding of the rigorous and absolutely required protocol by which such progress has been achieved. I'm speaking, of course, about the scientific method. For centuries, scientific experimentation preceded by a set of strict principles and rules to ensure accuracy. Without adherence to the scientific method, humanity's progress would have been haphazard and ineffective. Scientists proudly adhered to the absolute honesty required by a shared responsibility for seeking truth as proven by use of the scientific method. These men and women of science held themselves to that high standard, policing their profession by peer review to censure pretenders and discredit false results. History, however, is always available to teach us important lessons. When the disciplines of science and medicine are bent to conform to a political agenda, Common people like you and me suffer disease, pain, and death. Worse yet, tyrants use the crisis caused by disease as a tool of tyranny to steal personal property and individual freedom, destroying the foundational compacts upon which civil society is built. Another victim of political disease is the corruption of medical ethics. Practitioners are forced into draconian catch-22 traps, obey the unethical demands of tyrants, or dispense medical care as demanded by the Hippocratic Oath. The lesson here is critical for modern physicians. 
at its very core. Medicine is still an art, regardless of the statistics the government uses to control the delivery of medical care. Medical progress is only possible by trial and error, either in the context of elaborate and costly FDA clinical trials or one-on-one at the bedside of seriously ill patients. In dealing with experimental medications, especially in government trials, it is essential that the data results and conclusions are truthful and comply with the requirements of the scientific method. That means that the scientists and physicians designing and performing the studies must not be subject to financial or career pressures that can and most likely will influence the results. That is the only way to ensure that the studies are reliable and truthful. It is disgraceful that these basic tenets of science and medicine have been discarded in response to the COVID epidemic to the detriment of our patients. Faced with a potentially lethal infectious disease, absolutely every potential treatment modality must be available if patients, given the opportunity for informed consent, decide to accept the risk. This basic medical right of the patient was violated by oligarchs and the governments they control. As a result, to date, worldwide, over 560 million persons have been infected with COVID-19 and over 6 million have died. Even more catastrophic, however, is the use of this disease to instill generalized fear in the population for the specific purpose of amending, stealing, and revoking the fundamental natural law constitutional rights of the American people in direct contradiction to the Bill of Rights and the rule of law. History has again chosen to repeat itself as the self-entitled, arrogant, world elite attempt to destroy our freedoms to satisfy their own greed and lust for power and control. 250 years ago, our founders risked their lives, fortunes, and sacred honor for our freedom. Now it is our turn to do the same for our children and grandchildren. I will not comply with your unconstitutional rules, regulations, laws, and edicts that steal my rights and my freedoms. Speak that sentence often and repeat as necessary. After our commercial break, we will return with our special guest, Dr. Bose Ravenel. Dr. Ravenel received his medical degree from Duke University School of Medicine and completed a pediatric residency at Johns Hopkins Hospital. His career includes 33 years of private pediatric practice, including integrative medical therapies. Dr. Ravenel co-authored a book, The Diseasing of America's Children, Exposing the ADHD Fiasco 
and empowering parents to take back control. Since his retirement in 2020, he studied all aspects of the COVID-19 pandemic and spent over 3,000 hours analyzing the published literature and networking with several of the leading experts in vaccine-informed consent and medical freedom across the country. We'll be right back with Dr. Bowles. This is Dr. Dan, and we're back. Dr. Ravenel, welcome as a guest on Freedom Forum Radio. Dr. Dan, I'm privileged and honored to be with you and looking forward to having some conversation. Dr. Ravenel, uh, I guess the basic questions would be, was the COVID-19 favorite cure worse than the disease, and was the real cure ignored and suppressed? What's your take on that? I would say yes and yes to each of those two questions. The First of all, the disease itself uh, has been framed as a novel virus-caused pandemic. When the evidence now that we've had plenty of almost three, two and a half years now going, has emerged that the uh, the virus was worked on, uh, tampered with, uh, gain of function research, and so on, so that it's not novel. The 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 basic history has shown that this virus has been around for several years longer than it's being it talked about. Uh, it whether it escaped or was released, that's a still unproven question. Um, no question that it was by the, the function of the virus was altered to make it transmissible to humans and somewhat more lethal or, or at least to have more disease causing. The, um, there are wildly divergent models for lethality. The, uh, it, it, you could get, get lost in statistics, but the bottom line is that whereas early reports suggested that the mortality was like three, three out of 100 people who got infected would die. It turns out that when you look at the total number of infections, many of which are not uh, counted, and then divide the number of people who die from it, from the disease, it's called the infection fatality rate, or the IFR. More recent figures and those put out by the CDC, finally, after the initial terror and all was stoked, uh, acknowledged that the risk of dying in general from this virus and infection was somewhere in the the, the risk the, the likelihood of surviving an infection was something like ninety nine point nine nine seven percent. You could take different ones or twos at the third decimal uh, for different age groups. Clearly higher in the older ages, but very low, even exp- exponentially lower in children. We'll come back to that. The preferred cure, which is unprecedented, is that there was no the, quote. This is the message that was proposed and is still adhered to by a lot of the establishment, including the CDC and hospitals. No treatment is available. Go home. If you think you have COVID, go to the hospital only if you have difficulty breathing. That approach has never been taken in history of medicine from that I can determine. And then a warp speed vaccine, famously called warp speed, which was actually an understatement. Most vaccines take three to five to seven years of data to make sure they're either and effective and or safe. This one was released as an emergency authorized EUA, quote, vaccine. We'll come back to that as well. It's actually a, it's biologically, it is not a vaccine. Technically, it is, in fact, a genetic therapy. But the uh, the, the release of it was, I mean, the, uh, 
the vaccine was rushed where there were two and three months type timeframes. Absolutely not, no, no ability to assess long-term side effects whatsoever. That's still the case. Furthermore, the um, emerging data, even, even with that lack of long-term data, is horrific, uh, unprecedented. The VAERS data number of deaths have surpassed the total number of all of the deaths following all the other 31 vaccines over 31 years added together. More deaths following COVID vaccines have been reported to the VAERS system, the same system, than all the others together in one year. That's an absolutely astonishing. And yet the those who uh, who who would uh, try to reassure us these vaccines are quote safe and effective. It's it's actually um, almost incomprehensible that any rational physician today would describe these vaccines as without qualification safe and effective. There has never been a vaccine or drug completely safe in history, and there never will be. Um, so the 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 uh, framing of this miracle cure has been wildly exaggerated, both on effectiveness and wildly um, ignored, suppressed with regard to risk. So, Dr. Ravenel, I want to go back to a few things you said, because I think they're really important. You said that the virus has been around, was it been around for a while. Uh, So what that means to me is that the virus that we're now getting infected with is not the original form of the virus. How did you, how and why and for what purposes do, the, do these transformations take place? Was this a virus that was actually out living somewhere or was it formed? How did all this come to be? Well, the, that's a long t- uh, story also, but from what I understand, it's a, first of all, it is a coronavirus and it's long been known that coronaviruses account for 20% of all routine colds. That's, that's been, so there's nothing scary about quote, coronavirus in general in history prior to this now current situation. But Dr. David Martin, who is a an internationally known and probably the world's expert on patents and business and all, has put out multiple videos and papers and documents. And he has documented that there are patents regarding coronavirus existing for two and three years prior to the pandemic. So patents cannot be taken out, cannot be granted for anything natural. Therefore, it is not a natural, untampered virus. It couldn't be. There wouldn't be patents. And uh, so that's that's sort of the the first thing one has to really grasp and understand. Then it's a a rabbit hole going down from there, vast proportions about all the nuances. The research that was done on the coronavirus for years before its escape or release was done primarily in the United States under the auspices of and at UNC Chapel Hill. I say that not not trying to point any fingers being a, a Duke alumnus for all my years, but in all seriousness, the research was done at UNC Chapel Hill under direction of Dr. R- uh, Ralph Barrick. And the uh, during the there were there were in the years leading up before the pandemic, there was a moratorium on doing the kind of research they were doing, which is gain of function. What that means is you take a virus, an innocuous virus, another strain of coronavirus, just like other strains of coronavirus that cause colds still do. And you take it in a lab and do, do manipulate it, do all kinds of research things in order to alter its infectivity and or to increase its lethality or its uh, seriousness of illness caused. 
why would people do that? Well, the 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 uh, veneer under which it's been presented has been it's sort of like a preparation for potential biological warfare by enemies who might release such a virus. Well, the irony is that our, in the United States, largely, and under Dr. Barrick and Dr. Fauci, as famously and now well chronicle, uh, managed to provide the support through the funds from the NIH system, which he's part. In, and then when the moratorium came, they were granted an exemption from the moratorium for a while. Then when that was removed, they offshored it over to Wuhan. Now we're getting closer to the emergence of what happened. And that process of shipping it over offshore, off-siting it really, so the same research could go on to do the gain-of-function research, which was done, was in the Wuhan lab. That lab had a history, as I understand, of several accidents. It was not thought to be a very well-prepared lab to do that, but it was sent there. And the funds for which it was supported, by which it was supported, uh, I understand were, it's questionable whether these funds were really uh, properly and appropriately obtained uh, from sources in the United States. So, so tell me, uh, this is kind of interesting to me. Why would someone patent a virus? What potential gain is there in in changing a virus and then patenting it? Where, who makes money on that? Well, the patents relating to coronavirus, in particular this one and the, the whole uh, SARS-CoV-2, as it's been called, the patents relate to anything done with the virus itself in terms of testing, diagnostic testing, therapies, design, um, identification, so forth, so on. Uh, all these things then become, in essence, kind of, as I understand it, captured into the system of financing where it's a patented situation and charges are made. And then uh, in this particular pandemic, unprecedented again in this way, as I understand, we have a virus which was, um, it, it, was it was basically, by definition, gain of function and then escaped or released. It, it basically is a bioweapon as more and more people are beginning to uh, see, uh, because the vaccine itself is a rendered more pathogenic and more infectious, the original strain, that is, the alpha strain. So uh, that that's just a, a, an unfortunate, unprecedented background from which things kind of has cascaded ever since. Patents, the CDC has some large number of patents for vaccine, many of the vaccines. Most people don't realize that, but that's one reason why the money involved in this is unprecedented. It's, it's almost incalculable. When you talk about a global population as a market, you take agents which are indemnified by, from, first of all, the manufacturers and the administrators of these products, that when you get to the vaccines, are immune from liability. During the phase prior to approval, they are immune because of the um, EUA situation and the PREP Act and all. Once they're FDA approved, if they can get onto the childhood recommended vaccine schedule, then they receive immunity from, from um, liability, both for people who administer them and manufacturers from the uh, system, which uh, is part of the whole government vaccine informed, I mean, the, the uh, vaccine federal system, which provides a system for compensation for injuries. If people petition the vaccine court, which is a special master, a proceeding that is very onerous, very rigorous, very onerous, I should say, difficult to navigate, and 
even in the last 31 years, since 1986, I guess it was, the act was passed, the amount of funds which have been paid out for legal fees and or awards to vaccine-damaged individuals, and this is under the pandemic, it has to do with the system of immunity from from uh, liability. There, there have been, before the pandemic, with the, with the good the, the good vaccines we've had, it's paid out $4.5 billion for the regular vaccines. Now we come to the COVID vaccine, which has rushed out instead of years, months of data for safety and effectiveness. And there we go. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Everything gonna be all right this morning. (laughs) 